Madonna, Justin Bieber, Bruno Mars, Lil Wayne, Becky G, Flo Rida. It seems impossible to go anywhere in the United States without hearing these giants of modern music. They're on the radio, in every mall, and every restaurant. And today we get to hear the story of the man who wrote hits for all of these stars. You know, we wrote uh, Sugar for, for Flo Rida, which ended up mm-hmm. being uh, double platinum. Wow. And uh, really kind of changed the trajectory of our careers and our lives at that time. Carlos Beatty's journey went from Savannah, Georgia to Los Angeles. His small hometown couldn't be more different from the City of Angels, but he made it there with a little stubbornness and a faith in a big God. We just knew that going home wasn't an option. The journey wasn't easy, but now after making it in L.A., Carlos decided to change his artist's name. When he releases a song, it's not published under the name Carlos Beatty, but rather Jackie's Boy. To hear the story behind the music you've heard all your life, join us for this episode of Kava. first memory in in music me doing the like uh moonwalk and diapers i was uh, <laughs> such a huge fan of uh michael jackson i had to be four years old it would be my earliest memory of me just kind of being connected to the music and my uncle and my dad were just watching me like look at this little guy go you know and i'm just over here just jamming to the music so that probably would be my first memory of just music in general that is awesome. And so where did you grow up? I grew up in Savannah, Georgia. It's um, about four hours south of Atlanta. Uh, not a huge city, but but definitely um, rich in, in, in love and community and just, you know, so many great things in, that I've learned and that kind of grew me up in a sense of just kind of being in Savannah. So that's my hometown. Savannah, Georgia is the oldest city in Georgia. It sits on the Savannah River, which separates it from South Carolina. The town is rich in American history and art, with a downtown city market that has been operating since the 16th century, as well as one of the leading art institutes in the United States, Savannah College of Art and Design. Carlos and his family found it easy to make this town their own, creating personal memories within the deep history of Savannah. I remember we would go to the roller skating rink every Sunday evening, um, which was like a really cool thing. That's like small town folks. That was like the big thing to do was to go to the skating rink. And I remember going there and just like listening to music and just roller skating was my favorite thing to do as a child. And and uh, and also I remember, you know, uh, singing with my brother in in the hallway of our apartment, of our three bedroom apartment, just kind of just, you know, letting the music just kind of go through us and just seeing all of these great R&B records. And uh, those those some great memories. And just, you know, I think, you know, growing up, you know, in a, in a small town and, and you know, being uh, poor but did not know you were poor right. was one of the things that kind of made me just kind of fall in love with just, just being happy, oh. you know, where you didn't need a lot of money to be, to, to, to do anything, you know, if you had your family, you had your friends, right. um, you were, you were good. Some simple pleasures of life that you experienced. 
Exactly. Yeah, simple things for real. So when you were roller skating, who were you roller skating to? What kind of music were you listening to? Man, like uh, everything, honestly. But, you know, on Sunday nights, they would play, uh, you know, uh, R&B and hip hop. They would play heavily like uh, uh, Jodeci. They play like Genuine. They play like... (laughs) You know, uh, Run DMC. They had a mixture of just like R and B, hip hop night, and uh, man, it, it was you know really cool. I remember when So So Def kind of just like was taking off, and I heard that song uh, by Criss Cross called Jump, yes. and that was like the song. Uh, you know, what I'm saying I <laughs> yes. really skating to that song all the time. Oh, that's awesome! Well, those <laughs> those are wonderful memories. So yeah. you have a brother, and. Um, you mentioned your father, and so who else was in your family of origin? It was it was my mother, of course. Her name was Jackie, and uh, uh, she was beautiful soul. And my father, and then um, uh, my brothers, uh, my brother Stephen, uh, and my brother Janarvis. So my two younger brothers. So okay. we we kept it tight knit. Um, my mother and father separated when I was about maybe five or six. Um, but you know, I was able to still see my father as often as I could. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was, you know, my mom kept us pretty tight together. I mean, we had like a couple cousins that we would hang out with and, and my grandmother at the time, you know, so it was kind of a small kind of tight knit family. These kinds of memories stand the test of time because they're sweet and they become part of who we are. But shocking moments also weave themselves into our identities. Sometimes they're even more unforgettable. Carlos has had no shortage of painful memories in his life. Um, had a lot of definitely some ups and downs in my life. My mother um, and father passed away in 2003 and in 2004. Oh. Um, my father passed away first from heart attack. Oh, wow. And my mother passed away. Uh, from leukemia the year after. So, um, you know, definitely being faced with loss had, you know, at an early age or something I had to deal with. Um, And, uh, you know, that really kind of guided me through life of just kind of understanding that, you know, sometimes things don't always last forever. So you should appreciate people while they're here, that kind of deal. And, and, you know, over time I began to, you know, deal with loss in my own personal life like you know i was uh diagnosed with a tumor um a couple years ago called amyloblastoma which is one of those very rare tumors that um had to be uh had to require invasive surgery so i ended up having my right jaw removed and replaced with a titanium plate so it allowed me to not take a moment for granted because i had almost lost my own um my life so yeah so the, yeah definitely some some loss but but I had so much to gain in the process wow yeah well I'm so sorry about your parents and I I knew about your mom but I didn't realize your dad had died the year before I'm so sorry so after your mom passed away um you took a, a journey is that correct yeah yeah I took a journey and came out to Los Angeles When Carlos decided to cross the country, he had barely anything but the clothes on his back. But he had two important things, his brother and his willingness to try. You know, with with very little, um, but, you know, I had a gift of a talent to be able to sing a bit and and the willingness to just go out there and try it. 
you know, and uh, me and my brother, Stephen, actually, we went out to the pier in Santa Monica and Hollywood and Highland and Hollywood and just different places all around Los Angeles and just decided to, you know, give it all we had when it came to singing and street performing and just, you know, wanted to try something in in, in hopes that it will work. So, like, what gave you the... um the wherewithal to go, Hey, I'm going to go do this. Like, where did that come from? Um, I gotta say, I think I'm a mom, honestly, my mom was always very, uh, if you want to make something happen, you got to make it happen. You know, um, I started working very early, um, you know, 14 years old, just like, and understanding what it means to, to work hard and get a, get rewarded from working hard. So, and I think there's a, you know, a a bit of fearlessness as well, um, that I learned as well from my, I had, you know, friends, I had a friend who, uh, came out from California and moved to Georgia and, uh, we began to build a friendship and a bond. And he was like, yo, you know, California is where it's at. So, you know, when you hear that as a freshman and you get older and older, you're like, okay, well, you know, I think I'm ready to take a shot at trying out, you know, Los Angeles. And, um, you know, of course I was fascinated with the movies. I was fascinated with the culture and the scene of of LA. So I figured if I, if I don't do it now, you know, I won't ever get a chance to do it. So I just decided to believe in myself and do it. It turned out that LA demanded a lot more than a willingness to try. Carlos and his brother had to keep trying for five years. So you sang on the street. Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Busking, yeah. I was uh, singing, um, you know, singing everything for her, you know, dollars, nickels, dimes, pennies, whatever. You know, we were all about just trying to grow, make some money and overall make connections. Wow. And how did that go? It went well. I mean, we, we did it for about five years. Um, so the whole overnight thing, it didn't really exist <laughs> for us, like, you know, uh-huh. but it did teach us, uh, humility and teach mm. us that, you know, if you really want it bad enough, you have to prove, prove it, you know? So, um, that five-year process just taught, taught us so much. And, uh, like I said, we made some great connections and it went successfully well. We got, you know, discovered, um, by an A&R from a record company out there and said, Hey, you know, I think you know, you guys could be really great um, in the music business. So we began writing songs. And then mm-hmm. after that, you know, we wrote uh, Sugar for, for Flo Rida, which ended up mm-hmm. being uh, double platinum. Wow. And uh, really kind of changed the trajectory of our careers and our lives at that time. Right. Wow. So the overnight success, it was not that. And so no. <laughs> <laughs> where did you live while you were singing on the streets? Um, well, we kind of bounced around. We had, uh, you know, we made some good friendships, so we kind of were couch surfing for a little while. Okay. Um, slept in a couple cars, slept on some yeah. studio floors, <laughs> just yeah. wherever we could possibly get a chance to, wow. to make, you know, to make it work. Um, wow. We just knew that going home wasn't an option. Wow. So uh, once we made enough money to kind of sustain ourselves, we got, you know, got places to live and things like that. According to the Recording Industry of America... A single goes platinum when it reaches 1 million units, and each unit is equivalent to 1,500 streams on services like Spotify or Apple Music. So having a double platinum hit means your song has been streamed at least 3 billion times. Needless to say, people started noticing them after that. That's awesome. So you had a double platinum hit, and then what happened after that? 
uh, after that, just uh, just you know, more hard work. Um, I we I wrote a record for Madonna called Revolver, featuring Lil Wayne, um, which you know really put me on a whole different level right. than prior because you know when you work with somebody like Madonna or Michael right. Jackson or a Prince, it's like right. you know you've you, you're you're you know you're doing this on purpose. You deserve to be here, kind right, of thing. right, right. So people were like, okay, well, respect. So um, um, that record actually won a won a Grammy for best remix recording. Mm-hmm. And uh, it really kind of just set things in motion. Um, after that, um, I did Justin Bieber and, and various songs from him for him. And, you know, things just kind of just really, really took off even further. Wow, that's awesome. So um, so after all of that, so what is your life like today? What do you do now? I still do music, man. I, I'm so blessed to still be doing uh, the things that I'm doing and competitively and, you know, earning a living from it. Um, I've met friends who I started out making music with are no longer doing music anymore. Wow. Um, but I am really blessed. You know, I've had 12 number one records under my belt. And, you know, my last record went number one that I wrote for Johnny Gill called Soul of a Woman. Um, wow. So it's just... It's just really cool. Honestly, I just I'm just so blessed and honored to still be among the people that are doing something um, in music. And then also I now have ventured into being more of an artist myself where I release music. Um, my newest single called Do It Again is featuring Sean Stockman from Boys to Men. Oh, awesome. And the song is number 20 right now on the digital charts and, uh, you know, has about one hundred and sixty six thousand streams. So I'm just so honored to, to that people not only dig the music that I've written for people, but actually. Digging what I'm doing as an artist. The days of sleeping on studio floors were gone for good. And Carlos eventually started his own family. So you have a family now. And tell me about your family. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I have a beautiful wife, three beautiful children. Um, You know, it's it's such a blessing. I think that's that's the thing that I'm most proud of. Um, mm. For me, you know, the, the credits and the accolades and everything is great, but like nothing even compares to family. Oh. And to be able to, you know, be blessed enough to find someone to share your life with is, is important and it's such a blessing and to have these three kids that look like you and mm. have, have, yeah. act like you in certain <laughs> mannerisms is pretty, yeah. it's kind of trippy, but it's cool at the same time. And <laughs> yes. to watch them grow, it, it's such an honor. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So what do you, looking back, like, what do you think um, gave you hope in order to keep on going those five years that you're just singing on the street? Uh, I think for me, a lot of stubbornness (laughs) on my part, a lot of pride, you know, because not wanting to go back kind of with my tail between my legs, so to speak, was something I just didn't want to do. I feel like um, if I if I set my mind to something, I really have to do it Um, because I feel like at the end of the day, it's just wasting time if you're just going to kind of half do it, so to speak. Yes. Um, Yes. And as I mentioned, my mom just always, you know, I wanted to make her proud and because she passed away and wasn't able to see the the success that that we acquired, I just, I wanted to do it. I want to really do it, not just halfway do it, but really do it. Right. And so you are named, you have an entity named after your mom. Is that correct? Yeah, my artist name is called Jackie's Boy. So that's, you know, when people see me on stage or see me out and about, that's what they call me, Jackie's Boy. Yeah. And so tell me a little bit about your mom. What was her personality like so that we'll, you know, kind of remember her? Absolutely. Well, she was funny, extremely hilarious. 
and uh you know those kind of people who are just funny naturally and don't have to try mm. it's just that's just the kind of person she was and uh, she was very like you know we'll give it to you real we'll be honest with you and don't hold back um i think for me that was super important to you know have somebody you know tell you what they really feel yeah and uh you know she could not sing um unfortunately <laughs> she sounded like a, a you know nails on a chalkboard but <laughs> but she did was able to spot talent which yeah. she spotted in me and my brother and uh and just really believed in our dream oh that's awesome and so you honor her Yes. Still to this day. Well, looking back at your life, um, did you ever imagine you would be where you are? No, no. I, I mean, I guess partially I, I know I would be doing something in music, right. but I didn't imagine that I would be doing it for 15 years and, you know, make a living from it and be able to support my family from it. Right. I just thought, you know, hey, I would be, you know, making music and, you know, perform on the weekends and just kind of, you know be okay with that you know um i I didn't i didn't have these huge aspirations of becoming like the biggest artist in the world um i just wanted to just do it and not have to worry about making you know feeding my family so so it's this this right now i feel like i'm just kind of living in this surreal world of just not only am i doing music but actually you know making a living from it and you know not stressing as well either that's awesome. So what would you tell your 15-year-old self? Would you give yourself any advice? Uh, yeah, I probably would tell my 15-year-old self to, you know, um, to love harder, um, mm. you know, for the people you really care about. Because, you know, uh, time is not, you know, promised to no one, you know. Wow. And uh, to be able to appreciate those moments. I think sometimes growing up, we take our family and our friends for granted uh, because wow. we think, you know, young, we think we're invincible. We think we, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll never have to go and see, you know, loss in, in, in that way. Right. But I think I would definitely tell my 15 year old self to appreciate the ones that are around you and love them. Wow. That's, that is a good word. Um, so what do you, would you like for people to take away from your story? Um, I think for me, it's just uh, the willingness to, to not quit. You know, um, if you really want this and if you really want anything in life, you have to um, you have to work hard at it. And, and also you have to not quit. I think the difference between the winners and the losers in life is, you know, the winners just don't quit. They just have that kind of mechanism in them that just will not allow them to stop. Um, I think sometimes we put our own limitations on ourselves saying we're too old or we're too this or we're too that. But I think you put those on yourselves. Um, And I think when you're able to prove that you are these, that you, that you can do these things, that you can be um, whatever you desire to be, um, it it works out. And I think betting on yourself is, is the most important thing you can do in life because when you begin to take chances, on your God-given talent and your God-given ideas and things that, that, that are in you, you begin to see that you can make anything happen. Carlos had a big dream, which made homelessness in Los Angeles a tiny problem. Without the memories with his family, both good and bad, he wouldn't be the songwriter we know today. You can keep up with Carlos on streaming services and by listening to his podcast. Wow, that's awesome. So, okay, tell me about your project again that you have going on right now that you just released that you referred to. Okay. Yes. Uh, Yes. Uh, My new single uh, is called Do It Again. 
It's featuring myself and Sean Stockman from the legendary group Boys to Men. It's available on all streaming platforms, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music Title. And uh, the video will actually be dropping in about four weeks on August 28th. Super excited about that. And um, the song is doing very well. And, you know, obviously I appreciate all the support and people, you know, listening and, and rocking with the song. Okay, awesome. And I guess you're not doing any um, public appearances right now because of COVID. Not at the moment. No, no. I mean, I, I do have a podcast that I do called Do You Miss R&B? Oh, awesome. And I do that once a month, actually. Um, it will be, uh, my next episode is actually August 7th. So it'll okay. be this Friday. Awesome. And it, it we talk about R&B and how our love for R&B is still here. And, you know, kind of where has R&B gone through mm. this new age? And new sounds. So, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm super excited. So, yeah, I do that once a month as well. So you can catch me there, too. Okay, wonderful. Um, and so how do you, everything's streamed these days. So have you yes. seen a lot of change in the music industry since you started? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, uh, I mean, I got my first placement in 2009 um, uh-huh. where, you know, just streaming just were, wasn't even really a thing yet. It was starting to become a thing. Um, but iTunes was like the thing of like, you know, digital downloads and, right. and now, uh, you know, streaming has completely taken over and just the way people, you know, um, procure music is just, you know, extremely different and it's just moving at such a fast rate. I think that, you know, the artists now are a lot more savvy when it comes to digital and being an independent artist, mm-hmm. which I think is super crucial nowadays because, uh, you know, we, we are making the music, so we should be in control of the music. Wow. Um, so I think, yeah. yes, there's so many things I've seen, but it, those are probably the most important ones. Yeah. So do you think that, so it gives the artists more power is what you're saying in, in yes. a certain way. Okay. So is that, that's good in a way? No, it is. It is good. I think it's okay. great, actually. I think that, you know, more artists are now reaping the benefits of their hard work. That's awesome. Um, now, I'm not, not to say that a, a record label it does not do their, you know, does not help in that regard. But mm-hmm. I think that now when you are doing a lot of the work yourselves, um, mm-hmm. you know, you're doing the streaming, you're doing the you you doing YouTube, you're doing all these different platforms, uh, Instagram and all this stuff. I think it's good now that you can actually, like I said, see the, you know, the things that happen from car work and the, and the income that can happen from it. Right. Right. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. Um, we sure do want everyone to catch your podcast. And, yes. <laughs> um, and thank you. I uh, appreciate your time and we wish you the best. And Thank you. And I appreciate you having me so much. And, and I think this is an amazing platform. So shout out to you for just being awesome and, and having great people on your show. Oh, you're so sweet. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of Kaval the Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it and that you will subscribe, download, and share this on your social media pages and with your family and friends. If you find yourself in a desperate place, it is our desire that you would be able to borrow hope from those who've gone before you and shared their stories. They have exemplified the meaning of Kaval, learning to wait during difficult times to find an eventual positive outcome. I can't express my gratitude for my head writer, Rebecca Gray, and audio engineer, Meredith Douglas. I would not be able to do this without you. 
For more information, please visit kavathepodcast.com. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful day.